All right, coming to you live from an undisclosed location in uh, East Manhattan. Iris Fantasy Lair here? His lair, which it really is kind of a lair here. He has a bookcase. Uh, you can see out over the city here. Yeah, you got uh, everyone's pictures up on the wall. And, X's uh, as I take him out. X's as he takes him out. Congratulations to our 2018-19 uh, champion, Ira. How's it feeling? It's, it's feeling good. Yeah, this is the real. Uh, this is a dynasty builder for me. So, uh, and it was. I mean, it's definitely going to be special. I think uh, more so than me winning. It'll, this season will go down as, in history for uh, the Garrett loss. I think it's a uh, twenty-two and one. Actually, will be the uh, the final record. Twenty-two and one. Yeah, I think there's no. Oh, I, oh the, 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 the two joint thing. You're Come on, Ira. I did a lot of research before you know <laughs> investing my money in these wow. twenty-one and one shirts for, for Garrett. <laughs> Okay, my bad. Well, just, yeah, the, the schedule labels two weeks for one, so getting getting into the details here. But uh, I, I do think this season will be more about Garrett's defeat than my victory. Uh, when we look over the year, the league history at year 30, you know. Uh, but 15 years in, it, that was a pretty it, exciting season. It, it will be a pretty memorable one, uh, that is for sure. Garrett had a completely dominant regular season, uh, fell just a little bit short. Um so let's, let's, I guess, start with an autopsy here. What happened to Garrett's season here down the stretch? Um, you know, well, I guess, so what are your initial thoughts before we kind of break it down into smaller pieces? I mean, initial thoughts being uh, not, not in Garrett's shoes, but if, if, I, if I was Garrett, I'd be pretty, uh, pretty upset at how this all played out to, uh, I mean, basically be on the verge of getting over the mountaintop and to, uh, to just miss it, basically. I mean, and even, even this, the, the final matchup really toyed with him. I would say it was he was always involved, but never had the upper hand. It looked like he was done. Then I gave him a few more moments of life to where it seemed like he could make a run. Um, and obviously the Anthony Davis saga was a brutal one to watch. I mean, now it's just like a a three season collapse and kind of uh, reflected his team almost when you look at the close calls he had. Also, even before we hit the playoffs, uh, it's a tough way to go down. You can go. I'll go deeper, but I'll let you get a few words in. Yeah. So the the Anthony Davis betrayal, as you put it here in our rundown, it's a, you know a really good point. Um, I have text messages from, with Garrett going back to the trade deadline day and him saying, you know, I, I'm kind of accepting at this point that I don't know what his fate is going to be. Um, you know, I, I think there could have been a trade out there. Um, I I've been watching a lot of Game of Thrones Game of Thrones reruns, as you know. And something struck me after the Red Wedding, what Benioff and Weiss said, is that, you know, um, it, when the Red Wedding happened, it was a huge shock to everyone watching. But then if you were to rewatch the series, which I've now done, it, 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 um, it seems like it was inevitable for this to happen. And I think the same is true with Garrett losing here. Uh, I think he kind of knew his fate when Anthony Davis had everything going on that was going on that he may not have a full healthy postseason with him getting the real minutes and all that. Um, I personally think he should have made the trade, even if he was getting kind of nickels on the on the dollar. I think just having another key guy that could have powered him through this post-run stretch, get that sternum, because that was what it was all about for him this year. It was kind of championship or bust, and bust it, it went. And what, he's had Davis for, I think it's been at least three years now he got him from Levy. And, uh, I mean, it's been... Uh, the guys, nobody can argue that the guy puts up amazing numbers of fantasy. Before Harding came along, he was the best thing out there. Um, and he still probably might be for another year or two, but I mean, the point of the game is to win, is to win the championship, right? I and mean, that's what we're all playing for. Yeah, and I think kind of building on the theme that we touched on a lot last time is there's all these guys that are, there's a lot of guys that are top five, top ten value. You know, Anthony Davis is the alpha right now as far as fantasy goes, but 
you know, it could be somebody else next year. It could be, you know, you can't always be playing for having the alpha for five, ten years down the down the line. If you're going to get the sternum now and your team is locked in for it now, get it done now, you know? Yeah, I mean, I imagine if Garrett was sitting here, he would tell us that, you know, he tried to do things. I mean, I, don't, I, don't, I can't recall the exact trade he was trying to work out. I think there was a three way with Giannis involved. Well, uh, that said, discounting what trades he was yeah, actually I mean, trying to do, there could have been other trades that he, he uh, should yeah, have made. I would personally agree that there probably were some sort of deals out there that could have been done. I, in, in my view, Garrett had a lot of superstar keepers on this roster to work with. So, I mean, even if it wasn't Davis, I would have thought that you could somehow pair like a, a Gobert and a Vucevic. I don't know. There, there's a lot of great players in this roster. Um, whether you were targeting like good playoff schedule guys. Plus, whichever guy got back for Davis probably would have been a keeper level you know, oh, well, it, there were top fifteen players available for him. That's for yeah. sure. And and I think I would like to take a moment just to reflect on how well this draft really went for Garrett because it was a great draft. This team uh, came out of the gates hot, and it had the potential to keep staying hot. I mean, he kept Davis and George, and George had a better season than any of us expected. Um, Gobert and Bledsoe, great third round picks. They they probably met value at least. Uh, Busevich in the fifth round. Yeah, no, a, and, sorry, Bledsoe was probably a reach there, but he had, he definitely lived up to the the reach value that I would agree. He was. Yeah. I think the point guard market might have been a little thin, and Garrett had his target in mind. Yep. Um, and he wound up meeting it. Busevich in the fifth round was a great steal. Stayed healthy all year, um, and he never quit in the playoffs. Consistent production all season yeah. for sure. Uh, I think Covington and Mirchich. I think they have injury histories, so it wasn't a shocker that these guys started going down. Um, yeah, and that's kind of the risk you take with them. I mean, Buddy healed, steal in the seventh round. Yep. He had a breakout campaign. Uh, yeah, Fonier and Isaac were eh, whatever's. I mean, they were rosterable. Jaron Jackson Jr. had a great year, but also succumbed to injury. He was on a bad team, didn't want to push him. Which is what you expect from a rookie anyway. You know, they may not make yeah, it the whole season. I mean, I guess you, I would say a lot of these guys on this roster, maybe they, they peaked too soon for Garrett. Uh, you know, and you kind of need to. I would say, lesson for the playoffs in general is aggression. I mean, that's like waiting around. I mean, there's there's so little time, and so it's it's hard to wait on a guy if he misses a game. You kind of have to make your move, and if he comes back, that sucks. But more often than not, he's not getting out there. Um, and Brogdon too was another great pick in the eighth round, but he got hurt, and Garrett had to make his move. Uh, Markadin was played great when he got back out there. Left him in the finals when he needed him. Yeah, this Jeremy Lamb, another great pick in the fifteenth round, and Siakam was a great pickup off the waiver wire. Uh, so Garrett had a strong team, and even without Davis, he could have won this. He was nearly there. You nearly beat him in the semifinals. Yep. But uh, there's no doubt that a little boost could have taken Garrett over the top. Uh, I don't know if he needed to do the big three-way deal. It could have just been a Davis move to get I don't know two or three really strong pieces back, also to pair with the rest of his roster because. I don't know. I mean, like a Brogdon to me, a Mirosic. I mean, these guys aren't that amazing. A Fournier and Isaac, you can move off these guys uh, and get, you know, instead of having like top 60 players, you have top 40 players to yep. go in for it. And people tend to forget the reality of the postseason that we are all streaming. We're, we're kind, of, kind of making moves as things have to be done. Um, and, you know, you just need, you need your top guys healthy or else it's not going to work. As you really laid out in your old spreadsheet that you sent out to the league. Yeah, no, that was. I mean, that was definitely my uh, prerogative going to the finals. I mean, I was figured there'd be some other, some randos that were playing well on the wire. Figured some of the other competitors might have dropped some good names. Uh, there was opportunity to shuffle my roster around if I had to. 
to just to try and keep up with Garrett. I mean, he had the efficiency all season. He had it to get in the playoffs, but I mean, my guys were a little healthier and my pickups seemed to perform. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a tight playoffs all around though. Every matchup was really tight besides uh, you and Corey in that first round. <laughs> um, all right, let's move, let's move on from Garrett. I think you know he's he's gonna hear it enough. Uh, this is going to be the one that we never forget. 20, 21 and one, and uh, it's a record books, yeah. Yeah, it's the Patriots, like. Yeah, I, I think it is. It is one of the toughest uh, defeats in league history for sure. Yeah, it's, I mean, we probably have seen stronger teams in the moment in the playoffs, but to, from where Garrett came, yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, I think one of those Levy best teams of all time. Yeah. I think one of those Levy teams in the early new era days. Uh, yeah, Levy had teams. Corey had teams that were. Uh, monsters. Uh, maybe Trubier might have had a team or two. Uh, but the, like this season? <laughs> no. Yeah. no. Not quite this season. Not, not quite this season. Uh, uh, it's, playoffs are a different game. You gotta, but that's rough to have the kind of season he had. I mean, over 700, he smashed the best record of all time. It wasn't even close. Um, but then, moving on, I guess. You know, I guess so. On to greener pastures. I mean, uh, I, I, I thought of this a little... Uh, as I reflect on my own championship, you know, I like to look at the let's look at the long league history scoreboard, seeing all the average finishes. It's interesting. You could look at my career as very Spursian with all my titles being spread out. But actually the last the last four seasons, every Warriors win has been followed by an Ira win. Huh. Interesting to think about. Not that I'm happy to associate with that company, I, but I think you are more Warriors in than Spursian as much as you like to think you're Spursian. Um I think I think your spreadsheet proves that you, um, you, it, it's kind of the, the cockiness of Bob Myers, uh, where he's like, we have a plan that no one's going to be able to beat us for the next decade. I kind of feel like uh, you've had that behind you. You've won six out of 15, which is pretty remarkable. Uh, like, you should appreciate that and just kind of, in, kind of think about that and, and enjoy that. Um, you know, I feel like a bit when, like Tom when, Brady where like, I need to retire soon and get like, out of here. Like, like when you're in your, your doom of despair of, you know, things aren't going the right way for you with, with league rules and all that, just like sit back for a minute and be like, I've won 6 of 15 of these. It doesn't really matter what these buffoons do. Like, yeah, you know, it, it, it's I gone feel. pretty well. I feel like next minute just being, I'm just going to sit there basically and uh, get my votes in, but I really have a, I, I feel like I have no right to weigh in on these matters. Yeah. I just gotta let the rest of the league go where I'd like to go. Yeah, and uh, and you kind of done it without anyone ever really being afraid of your team at any point. Like you, you're never the team that people are like, oh man, I don't want to face up against that guy in the in the playoffs. As far as like just your roster goes. Yeah, no, I usually I'm uh, I mean I'm not I'm not one to turn off all my draft picks uh, yeah. into a year, but I usually do have to take some chinks out of my armor. So. Uh, yeah. Well, maybe. I, I, or maybe your next career will be uh, you know, figure you know. Some sort of fantasy consulting. It's it's too bad that like no one plays fantasy basketball, <laughs> but maybe you could find some uh, high money fantasy basketball league that you could be consulted for. Some cuts, yeah, could be worse things to do. And uh, well, let's see. I know. We'll see where the league goes. You know, now we're checking out new fantasy apps nowadays. Uh, that we that offers some uh, new opportunities for new mechanisms. Yeah, I guess we'll we'll discuss this kind of thing more. But uh, as we go, and I, I I was thinking about this. It's not really on our rundown, but uh, you know, anyone who wants to discuss any potential league matters or issues. I think we should have like a uh, uh, IP address kind of special special <laughs> series where like people can discuss issues that, that are important to them and or, or rule changes they want. John, I know, has some rule <laughs> changes he wants. Like if you want to come on and we can discuss this, you know, no problem. We'll, we'll give you the floor for 10, 15 minutes to explain your per- perspective. We could then, you know, break it down and discuss from 
from our perspectives and just have some good conversation about where the league's going. But yeah, you know, we've we've said that Yahoo's a little limiting in some of the things we could do and you know, why is it that trade deadline can only be on one of three Thursdays of a year as opposed to any particular day, you know, day and time and uh yeah, so you know the, the hierarchy of the league's gonna keep looking at these things, you know. It is kinda nice that the one, two and three this year were you mean Garrett, kind of the uh the three dragons of getting things done in this league in my opinion. <laughs> so how do you feel about your? Uh, I guess well, you, you were in the playoffs not too long ago, but uh, well, it's my first uh, my first tr- trophy since yeah, two thousand fifteen, I believe. Appearance yeah, since uh, twenty talking about twenty fourteen, yeah, twenty fourteen fifteen. Season. Yeah, I came in third place in 2014, t- 2015. Uh, so I'm happy to be back on the board. Um, I, I think my roster is in a good spot to move forward to next year and kind of keep doing with what I learned this year, and uh, I don't know just keep moving in the right direction. I think, the, in general, the Paulkins era has been positive. Obviously, last year was a disaster with my team going down with some injuries. Um, but it, but in general, I think it's been a move in the right managerial direction. There's no more drafting, uh, you know, Raymond Felton as a rookie in, like, the in the fifth round or anything like that. Hmm. My, my rookie, my high rookie picks are now valued Not assets. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think, I think, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully I'm going to be on the upward trajectory in this league barring injury uh, that are unforeseen. I'm very happy. I'm, I'm happy to be John, you know, put him back in his place a little bit as I've been talking shit to him all season, so. <laughs> that's, that's true, yeah. We've talked enough on this, on this IP address about it, yeah. It's good, it's good that, you, that you, well, I and yourself are able to back it up. Uh, yep. Knock him That is true. <laughs> yeah, we, we really both earned, our, earned our, uh, our shit talk for one more season at least here. <laughs> and both barely got it done as well. Yeah, I mean, you... You almost had Garrett there too in the semis. Uh, yeah, it really did. You were a few more moves on your Sunday, you know. If you made the a dropping a JJ Redick, maybe and uh, if if we're being honest here, my team was so broken physically that I don't think it really mattered. Uh, Nurkic wound up getting getting hurt that Sunday, so he would have been out for the yeah. whole championship week. Mike Conley and Collison were like literally on like half an ankle between the two of them. Um, yeah, Aiden set so, out for uh, some of these. Aiden set out, I think, a game or two this week. Uh, now he's out, but yeah, he so, was still kicking. So yeah, you know, I'm I, I'm okay with what happened. I coming from where I was in the first half of this fantasy season, like sitting in like tenth place <laughs> for a long time. Yeah. Uh, I think coming in third was a pretty good accomplishment for the season. Yeah, I don't see. It seems like a. Now, John's uh, played three seasons now, three playoff appearances, and every time he's in the playoffs, he, he gives us very entertaining matchups. Yep. That's his strategy pays off in that regard. Well, much like he copied Andrew's haircut, he's now really copying Andrew's uh, playoff <laughs> managerial style, I guess. So, you know, just falling a little bit short, but he's, he's early there yet, and I think, uh, you know, respect to John, I think he'll put it together eventually. A, a, a similar opening three years to Eric as well, I'll point that out. Although Eric got the Ooh, Eric, Eric's first year was really good. I mean, I Eric got the first place... And then he won fourth and third, so okay. it'll be interesting to see if John now starts to uh, plummet now that he doesn't have uh, Wiser's Keepers inherited. Well, I think John has the benefit of being in the Hoboken hub of where, you know, the trash talk matters more. So he, he's locked in. I think he really wants it. So, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, he has a girlfriend now, so that always kind of hurts hurts a little bit. Yeah, yeah, well, I, I do think alcohol got in the way of his uh, semifinal performance in a day or two, uh, so you know, that's Vaca- something. vacation during playoff season. You know, it got to be really yeah, dedicated for it. That is, yeah, that's, yeah, I do. I do remember losing to Eric in the playoffs in Panama City Beach back in college, and that was a, uh, yeah. It's not 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 gonna wake up at three a.m. out there. That's for sure. No. Um, and then we also we saw Justin actually have his uh, 
his first non-semifinal appearance. Uh, I think it was in six straight years he was a, a top three finisher. And uh, so that loss to John was a bit of a record breaker in that regard. Well, uh, I think the league is better for it. We're all happier for it. And uh, <laughs> just, no, it's good to see we're having more competitive managers out there. Yeah. Uh, Justin's not able to... His team wasn't good. That was the, that was the thing. We, we kind of discussed it on our past po- podcast or two. Like, this, this team was kind of like the bare bones way of Justin needling himself into the playoff picture. Uh, it, it wasn't that impressive of a roster all year. He didn't really strike fear into anybody. Um, so, you know, I, mean, I, I like this all-out tactic. I mean, I'm just, yeah, I'm not sure if I was on board with, like, getting Westbrook, but Westbrook did pay off. He played really well when he got him. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It was, it was an interesting pairing to just forget about the efficiency and the turnovers. Um, but... Just, well, I mean, it is, it is a pretty strong strategy to, for the playoffs to be like, look, everyone, efficiency is kind of a crapshoot when you're going to be doing streaming all the time. So, um, you know, ditch that, go hardcore for the uh, for the counting numbers and, and see what happens with the efficiency. Get lucky. Maybe Russ shoots 50% for a week and, and you get lucky, you know? So, yeah, you're right. Good strategy, but uh, happy he lost. Happy he lost, as I told him. <laughs> which, he doesn't, which he doesn't really understand why I'm happy that he loses, you know? <laughs> so, lack of self-awareness there, Justin. Lack of self-awareness. Well, at least he has some awareness, unlike our sixth playoff uh, contender, Corey, who uh, maybe he didn't realize he made it into the dance because uh, it sure didn't seem like he did much uh, during your guys' opening round matchup. I really wanted that win, especially because my real master plan is I really wanted to trade for Kemba. That was, like, the last deal I had going, and it was very close, but Corey's like, well, if I trade Kemba, like, the season was kind of a waste because this was my season kind of going for it and then just to put him out of his misery 6-3 like that you know felt really good just to be like you should have just given me Kemba and let me be Khaleesi and, and ride on my <laughs> dragons all the way to finish because all I needed was that like a solid point guard you know and, and that came to fruition in the playoffs face, I'm say? disgusted and <laughs> Kemba would have been the guy for me to carry me all the way through so Kemba, I would have been really upset last night when Kemba and all the starters on Charlotte basically sat for the second half of the Warriors game, but uh, nevertheless, uh, would have been would have been nice to have him. And uh, I, I I also inquired about Kemba to see if there was anything happening. Uh, Corey usually charges a pretty high price, so uh, that's fine. I I saved my picks around to acquire that last piece, and that would have been my my shining. Shining mountaintop piece. Despite doing nothing, he actually wasn't that far away either, you know? He I mean, you would have played a little harder, I imagine. Yeah. But uh, he only needed, like, another 25 points. No, to... I was monitoring the situation the whole time. <laughs> I had it locked down. <laughs> well, yeah. Take it easy. It would be nice to see Corey make the semifinals again one day, you know? He's uh, two, the last th- he's had three playoff appearances now in the last eight years. All right, that's not bad, though. And that's really not bad. Sixth place each time. That, okay. that is bad. We'd like to see... Uh, it's kind of the same lesson for Corey and Duran, who both kind of nestle in the uh, yeah compet- like competitive but like never playoff competitive picture. Right. Uh, they make it in the first round fodder. I'd like to see a, a real a real performance in the playoffs for once. Um, all right, let's shift gears here now that we've uh, discussed the playoffs. Um, keepers for next season. Uh, have you? Uh, put, well, I guess we could start with yourself. I think because I think you have a pretty uh, interesting decision to make. Um, I, I think I, it was decided for me today, largely, um, because it was announced that John Wall will likely sit out all of next season. So I think Bradley Beal and Jokic will be my top two keepers, you know, barring anything strange happening. Um, my real decision is the later round keeper. Uh, 
Man, first off, I don't see how John Wall would really weigh into this. Beal, just because he, he won't Beal have would hold, hold Beal back. He but. would hold. Well, yeah, that's that's the thought. But it was still it was still like I may it's keep Beal, like but now it's worthy, but now right? it's hundred percent like I think Beal is a top ten fantasy oh, player man. without John Wall in the mix. I mean, so, I mean John Wall wasn't going to be back for months, right? Even if uh... yeah, but well, that, again though, I don't want to take a guy and then like have to worry about trading him because John Wall's going to wreck his wreck his numbers down the stretch of the season. Even a wrecked bill still at the top third yeah. bill. I think I have a decision to make. Like, if I think DeAndre Aiden's going to surge into like top ten rank next season, do I keep him in the third round, um, or do I just hope that I can draft him? Uh, I know you've been a big proponent of me trying to keep him. You, like, you, you thought I should keep him, but mm-hmm. eh, we'll see. Yep. Um, I, I made. I don't know if people really noticed. I made some pickups this week uh, to get guys that were taken in later rounds. Kevin Herter is a fifteenth rounder, so keeping him in the fourteenth. If I think he's going to be a, a you know. A, a regular rosterable guy throughout the year. If he's going to put up ninth round value next season, we got to see what their their lineup looks like next year at Atlanta. But if he's going to be ninth round value, that's not a bad keep in the fourteenth round. Um, let's see, because a lot of my guys are all, you know, fourth round, fifth round. They're not going to really do much for me. Did you, did you have a third a third keeper for me? I mean, well. Oh, Kelly Oubre, actually, I also picked him up, and he was a fourteenth round pick. I think, and depending I guess, on where he goes. That could be a, a pretty good well, value. What's your stance on Brook Lopez right now? And where was he drafted? Wasn't he drafted in the fifth round? He was a sixth. I think. A, no, I think he was actually a seventh round draft pick. I don't uh, think so. And I may not have the pick. That may be the issue right now, which I could always acquire. Yeah, he would, he would be a sixth round keeper. Okay. Uh, actually, yeah, I mean, you could. And I don't think I had that round. I think that's the issue right now. Yeah, I could well, always acquire that could pick. Acquire it, but I mean, I'm not sure what his contract is. I'll have to take a look at that. Uh, I don't know if he signed a one-year deal with the Bucks. It may have been a, a team option for the second, which I would assume they would pick up. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah, give me a repeat of that. I mean, that's a pretty nice. No, uh, that that would be nice keeper. if I if I had that pick. Um, if not, Kelly, yeah, Kelly Oubre in the fourteenth. He wound up being eighty-first, eighty-one ranked this season. He's interesting. I mean, if he, if he resigned with Phoenix, I probably would consider him because yeah. Phoenix doesn't really have any other options. Yeah, I guess they might draft someone really good. Any team where he could steal minutes, where he get uh-huh. like where he could be like the second or third offensive option, I think that's a good spot for him. Uh, he's unrestricted, unrestricted next season actually. Yeah, so, unrestricted. Brook Lopez, yeah. Oh, Brook Lopez. Okay. Yeah, so I'm not sure where he's gonna end up. I feel like he might just want to resign because he had a great year. Like, yeah. Why? I feel like he's like you know he's a freak. He'd be happy just like going to a random market and like being loved. Yeah. Uh, look, the third keeper's gonna that decision's probably gonna happen like the day of the deadline. So uh, I guess. We'll wait and see. All right, all right. Let me. Uh, I'll throw a few other, a few other interesting teams at you. Okay. Um, but wh- where would you stand? I think Justin's is interesting. Right, let's go to Justin's team. He's got a. Uh, he's got Steph. Obviously, that's gonna be his first guy. Yep. He wor- he went out of his way. I mean, he traded for Westbrook and Ben Simmons. And Simmons, yeah. But and he also has Kyle Lowry still. He picked up Chris Middleton, and as a and as a potential later keeper, he's got D'Angelo Russell, who could be a sixth rounder. Yeah, I think you keep D'Angelo Russell in the sixth round. Who have um, he, he has to resign somewhere. Also, we have to see where that, what, how that shakes out. But uh, I think he's going to wind up still on the Nets and, and in that system. I think Kyle Lowry is uh, pushing it age wise. Um, I don't think he's a top two keeper anymore. Um, I think I think you're right. I think acquiring Ben Simmons is a move for the future, and I can't imagine him having made that trade without wanting to keep him. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, looking at, I'm trying to see Westbrook's stats in comparison, if there's any real argument here. Maybe, like, maybe he'll keep his favorite player, DeAndre Jordan, that he made in the Andrew trade that year, so. Uh. <laughs> I mean, Westbrook, I mean, Westbrook basically does everything better besides. Than Ben Simmons? Yeah, besides. Yeah, but it's, a, it's, an, it's an upside play. 
Yeah, no, I mean, it's a, it's a long-term youth play. Yeah. Yep. It's true. Wow. That's weird. Ben Simmons has point guard and small forward eligibility, but not shooting guard eligibility. Yeah, because he never gets those minutes. Not that it really matters, but, like, that's a, that's a bizarre setup for a player. I don't know. That's, that's somebody interesting to. Yahoo has been more strange with this eligible, like despite being more positionally fluid in the NBA. I've never seen him just skip over. The NBA has been very strange with like with who they give what and and how they classify, and it, a lot of it seems like nonsense to me, <laughs> despite having like more data than they used to use probably. And let's uh, let's zoom in on the. Uh, I mean, I think the biggest move. I mean, if somebody else got him, it would have been a bigger deal. But Rudy Gobert getting scooped up by John on the. Uh, the last day of the playoffs here. Yeah, he's not going to keep him. Well, I, I don't. I mean, I don't see a late round keeper that's a really good option for John. I mean, Will Barton. In the so you second. think he'll just keep him in the third round? Yeah, I, th- I think. I mean, you're looking at like a Gobert or a Miles Turner as your third round keeper now. Well, I think I think a lot of these teams with like th- an extra third round keeper should just keep a third keeper with one of their. I mean, if you don't have a good late option, you know. And I think it's kind of. I, don't know, I think people are being lazy if they didn't pick up like a Kelly Oubre to get that yeah, late, that late option. Just to see what happens, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta give yourself some options. And so, I mean, even yeah, I mean, even like Whiteside, you could have considered Whiteside as like a six round keeper, I think. Or, yeah. So uh, I imagine J- John is keeping Kyrie and Dame Lillard with his first two picks. I agree with that. Uh, based on especially based on like what he was thinking about trading, Miles um, Turner is not going to be his keeper anymore, is my understanding. That, that should be a high third-round pick next year. Uh, where did Will Barton... Actually, did he keep Will Barton? He kept him once, so that's why he'd, he'd go from eighth to sixth. Yeah, so that's not really worth that he value anymore. He's hurt for so much, it's hard to justify him. Yeah. Bringing him back. So, I feel like... How about Dennis Schroeder? Where was he kept? He was, where was he taking He was a light pick, but he's not good at fantasy. In mm-hmm. my view. Yeah. He's also not a John type of player. Yeah. But, look, maybe he gets traded in the offseason to, like, Detroit or something like that. And... Is his contract awful? I'm trying to remember. I remember like, all those guys. No, like, Reggie nothing. Jackson has the awful contract. Well, I think he has a pretty. I mean, I guess it's not that much. Shooter, money. Shooter must have been off his rookie it's deal. Like four, ten million over four years. Or something. Yeah. Oh, that's nothing these days. I'm just guessing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you're right. John may have to keep a third, like a, a third I round guy. I, think I, I, I like Gobert. I, don't, I mean, I don't think there's anything. <laughs> what about him. Dwayne Dedman? Where was Dwayne Dedman drafted? No, uh, I don't think he's getting any playing time next season. Yeah, I think he's just he's at, he was a ninth rounder, but it's just way too risky. I feel like. To, yeah. Because like, first of all, look at Alex Len how he's been playing over most of the season. To be honest, he's well, had John Collins. Yeah, who, like, and kinda... and if they get Zion uh, in the draft, you I know, that's just cheaper for you, John Collins. You could keep right. No, because I kept John Collins last year, and now he would hop down to like the sixth round. Mm-hmm. And he's not really. I could draft him at that value. It's not worth keeping him there. Mm-hmm. I feel like. No, I do like him for fantasy purposes. He's like a regular twenty ten guy. Which is yeah. kind of harder to come by these days, it seems like. But Do you, is, is there any discussion you think between uh, Dennis Smith Jr. in the sixth or Trey Young in the seventh for Trubier? Say that again. Dennis Smith Jr. in the sixth round or okay. Trey Young in the seventh round? Trey Young in the seventh round. Okay, that not even clo- that's not even close. Yeah, well, I mean, Trey Young still has to like I think become a well-rounded, consistent fantasy player. Sure, sure. Um, but, I mean, I'm sure Trubier is all in all into that hype though. But, yeah, but Dennis Dennis Smith like. He feels like a guy that could be traded twice next season. Like, you don't want to have a guy like that in the sixth round. Especially if he's on the Knicks still. Like, who knows what that's going to be. All right, here's another uh, another juicy one, in my opinion. Okay. Um, so we have Corey's team. He's going to keep Joel Embiid at Kemba. And Kemba, yeah. He's top two. Third keeper, we're talking about Jason Tatum, now a ninth rounder. Okay. He was at 11th last time. Yep. 
or you could go with De'Aaron Fox as an eighth rounder. Oof. Well, if he does that, he's kind of set at point guard. Fox and Kemba? Yeah. yeah. And and you got to think that Fox is going to keep improving, right? Point guards usually just get better. Um, They're both going I, I don't think I don't think Tatum's like people are nervous about Tatum. I, I don't think I don't think that's as like yeah. he's still pretty damn good. I mean, it's, it's like do you think Tatum's like the next coming Durant, or do you think Tatum's just going to be like uh, I don't know who you compare him to? Could he be like an Aaron Gordon type player? Or He'd something? be like a Paul George where he has better seasons. Wow. Some, Paul George is a real good fan. I know. But like you know, some seasons are better than Kevin Durant. But but Paul George took like four seasons to really hit that like that superstar level. I but could Tatum be that in two years? Probably. It's hard to. It's a lot of it's like where's Kyrie going? Like are they bringing in Anthony Davis? Like who knows? Do you remember Paul George's team when he came into the league? On Indiana, yeah, well, it was had, George Hill. He was stuck behind Danny Granger. It was George then. Hill, Danny Granger. <laughs> not only, and he had Roy Hibbert, who was still good, and Lance uh, probably was still there. Lance was there. Uh, Lance came later, and th- their power forward was David West. So, so look, <laughs> talent shines through eventually. It, it just depends on. I think West came a little later, but yeah. No, no, no David West is on those teams. Was he there? Ri- yeah, originally. When Paul got... Paul George is young, you heard... well, then they must have had Lance at the same time. I think. But Lance is only there towards the end. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he was, I think he was there throughout. But okay. Whatever. All right. Either way. Yeah. My point is the talent will eventually yeah. shine through. Yeah. No. It's it was, it was a pretty good. Uh, Tatum's efficient anyway, so I guess it's like there's a there's a floor there that's like you know things will be okay. Fox has I think Fox probably has a quicker acceleration you figure in being like a great fantasy player. Tatum maybe has like more of the potential to be like a top ten guy. You can imagine that happening. It's inter- it's an interesting uh, debate, I think. I'm guessing Corey goes Tatum. Cause it seems like a Corey move to go Tatum. Yeah. How did he get Fox even? Was Fox like a throw? Wasn't, was it a trade with Andrew? I think it was... I think, I think Andrew had Fox. Yeah, I think it was part of the trade for Horford, I guess. Well, maybe it was a trade for Fox, and you just thought it was a trade for Horford. Mm, maybe. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, just, you know, my interpretation, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know, it's a, well, I don't know. If I had Fox, I would have thought about keeping him myself. Corey might keep JaVale McGee, so uh, you never know. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, I forgot about JaVale. What, what round was JaVale taken in? Was he like 15th round? Probably like 11th. Uh, he was a 9th rounder. Okay, he's not keeping him. Yeah, he, I don't think he's right. keeping him. Corey, if you're listening to this, which you're not, do not keep JaVale McGee. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, Any, anyone else, or are we kind of... Well, let's do. We did John, right? I'll do. We're trying to let's, let's service people that listen to this podcast. Let's do one more. Okay. Um, you want? Well, I think another interesting one. I think yes. is Levy's team because Levy was more active at this time of the year than he was throughout the entire season, sticking with his punt season. Yep. Strategy. Who did he pick up? He still has LeBron. He had. I think he picked up Zach Levine after Justin traded for him and dropped him. He uh, has Otto Porter. He, he has Boogie Cousins, who's going to keep probably in the eleventh round. Yep. He has Nurkic, who you dropped, I guess. He has Miracic, who Garrett dropped. He has John Wall, who I think you dropped. And he has Lonzo Ball. I, I didn't have John Wall this season. Drafted. Come on now. Uh, okay, I think sorry, Dan sorry. had John Wall, maybe. Uh, oh, yeah, Dan did have John Wall. All right, well, John Wall is not a keeper. We just went over this season, mm-hmm. after the year. Nurkic, I think, is going to be hurt for Probably half the long, season, at least. Yeah. So if he's smart, he wouldn't keep him. Uh, Miracic, he says what round? So we're talking... We're, we're saying Boogie's going to be an 11th round keeper. So, so he has to have oh, somebody right. to be his second pick. Who his first two keepers? You're saying he doesn't have, a, he doesn't have quality. Can he trade his second pick away? Is that allowed? 
No, you can't trade your second pick. Uh, okay. It's like, it's, that, it's like that how our keeper. Move. <laughs> it's like how people in, back in the day when they didn't have three good keepers, they just wanted to draft the spot. You remember that? But that wasn't allowed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and LeBron is not a good second keeper anymore. Wait, I LeBron's don't think. his first keeper now. He's got oh, no choice. Jesus. So he's going with Levine, Otto Porter, Lonzo. I don't know. Those are. Uh, did he map this out? Let me look at look at the roster again. I'm pretty sure I have this right. Right. Check, check my hand. Yeah, there's no one here to keep in, in the top two. He still says, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have a... Wow. He has auto. Oh, he has auto, probably. Like, a bounce, like he had a solid year. He just was hurt for a while. You want him as a top 24 player in the league? I'm not saying he's a top 24 player, but he's probably a top 36. I think he has... You know what? I think he has to keep either Nurkic or... I think he has to keep Nurkic. You can't keep Nurkic. I think he may have to. He, he just broke his leg. I think he may have to keep him. There's no way. And like that's nuts. He's not gonna play. It's a good, so then leaves up another punk campaign. Is what you're telling me? Uh, he might have to. Not he he misplayed it. it he misplayed it. He should trade Boogie immediately. Like, <laughs> no, he may have to hope that Terry Rozier gets signed by Phoenix and and take a flyer on there. We we saw the three point guard experiment happen already. It didn't work the first well, time. I don't know what he was thinking. With, did he trade people away that were top? He traded Chris Paul to me and got Otto Porter back. What was he thinking? I give him a pick also. But I, but he sacrificed the top talent. But Chris Paul also only played like sixty games, so I don't know. To me, it's kind of like auto. Yeah, Chris Paul. Well, that's what I'm saying. Chris Paul's not a. So he literally yeah. had no one on his team that was like on the top like forty radar. I wow. I don't think I don't know. I can see what he traded, but I don't think there was anybody else that was that amazing. Uh... Well, I guess I know who I'm going to go to to get my six six round pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's after trade back a year. Or two. No, a, a, a simple reminder to everyone: you. You have to establish three keepers, and you can't trade uh, anyone besides those three three picks. So, yeah, I also, I'm you, you can't keep a you can't trade a fourth. I am a, a pretty I'm pretty pumped to keep Mitchell Robinson. It's gonna be a, a what great, round is that gonna be in? That's gonna be fourteenth round. That is pretty nice. Yeah, that's assuming he picks up on the same page next year. Assuming he's starting or still like the Knicks don't I don't see I don't see how. Well, you can't make any assumptions with the Knicks. Plus, the Knicks have wasted more good rookie seasons in their second year than so, any team in, in the league history. So, so he doesn't rape anybody, right? That's, that's the goal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our keeper's outlook. I think as of now, I'm sure it'll change a bit by the next time we do a podcast. Combo, yeah. Well, we'll wait in once people pick their keepers maybe uh, as we uh, approach the draft. Yeah. Um, All right. I see, I see you have your state of the league with the managers meeting on the horizon. What, what is your kind of outlook right now? Look, I think uh, playoff-wise, it was a very strong playoffs. Yep. I was impressed with the effort level. So we had uh, we had five teams that went pretty hard here. That was good to see. Um, regular season-wise, I mean, uh, I think we're we're in a decent place. I mean, Dan, we'd like to see more from. Um, but I also, after seeing Dan a few weeks ago, we, I saw a lot of passion there. I'd like to see that in-person passion. Uh, look, he loves he loves, he loves seeing us. He loves he loves being, you know. Being around all of us with this stuff, uh, he I I don't think that that means he's going to step up his his play. I think like we've had these conversations before. It just it kind of is what it is. I, I, you know I think look what we need to address as a league. The issues are some of these egregiously trades without without talking to other people. Um, we'll see if that gets addressed, and I think it'll something we'll discuss in one of these you know in one off topic podcasts that we have over the over the summer. <laughs> Um, I like your confidence that these podcasts yeah. are going to become a thing. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think people want to discuss some stuff. I, I know I'll want to when I have more time to think about it. 
I think our commissioner will want to talk more about these things when he has more time to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, our commissioner Hoffman. But but yeah, look, I think most things are fine. I think you know. Yeah, I like to see like Levy. We're we're, 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 in a, we're in a decent flow of like. I of, like Levy taking seasons. I mean, it'd be nice to see a little more effort there. Yeah. Well, I I think when you define an ideal league, what does an ideal league look like? It's lots of four, five, and six, three matchups, and you know, not so many eight, one losses all the time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you'd have. Oh, we had a lot of nine O's this year. <laughs> yeah, we had a lot of nine. O's. We had a lot of that this year. Um, you had. It was a bizarre season in terms of how dominant my team was. Garrett's team was. Justin had a great I, year. I, I guess. I guess what I would like to see, and and there's look, there's no rule to really fix this. It's just limiting, limiting the ability to just all out tank. Like, that's what that's what it really has to be. I, I just think that there should be more incentive to tr- at least try through the first twelve weeks of the season. Because if you do that, then anyone has a chance. I think that's been that was proven this year. Um, you know, you start finding people there, there's, when, there's they, no, when they when they sink below that yeah, winning percentage there, level. There's there's no way to, to there's no reason to uh, just give up in week five and be like, well, whatever happens happens and and that's it. So I think if we could do some things to disincentivize, uh, you know, lack going of interest, to, lack of effort that it's so early in the season. I think that's a, a thing. I think. Uh, as I've said on this before, you know, if we allow vetoes for ma- for trades with managers that are under a certain win percentage, maybe there, there'll be some effort to try in matchups at least early on in the well, season. Veto. Well, we already had vetoes in place. Well, well, I don't know. What I'm saying is, if if basically anyone can veto a trade that you know is made with a manager that's below a 35 percent win percentage, uh, maybe that manager will try to not just lose as fast as possible. Anybody early. can veto a trade. That's what I'm thinking. That's pretty. Uh, well, you still need, you still need numbers, but um, well, I don't know. What I'm saying is basically the power of the rules committee to veto trades has been shot down this season. Okay. Right. Yeah, well, so what fair. I'm saying is, if if we restore that power uh, when a manager is below 35, percent I think that is not unreasonable because I think uh, in order in order to make trades, I think you should be able to you, have to you should have to be a respectable manager in the league. That's my thought. So basically, like it, it, once 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 Dan falls below that that number, you know, he he becomes a a defunct manager and he just needs to wait till next season basically to do anything. Uh, that's a thought I've had, and I've brought it up on here before I think, but yeah, uh, I don't know. It's tough. Yeah, I mean, we need to have two thirds of the league be interested in uh, actually wanting to uh, to. Uh, Look over trades and actually have some voice for the league's well being. I, I have no problem with people building for the future. It's just if uh, if you want to build oh, for the future, you need, to, you, need to, you need to prove your interest. It's a good thing. I, I you, want to see teams bouncing back and you, you getting need, involved. You need to prove your interest, you know. So yeah, yeah. anyway, I agree with you. anyway, yeah. generally though, I think the the league is in a good place. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a lot of fluctuation, I think, in terms of competitors. Um, we've seen in the last three years, the only teams that have made the playoffs every time was. Uh, John and Justin, mm-hmm. and jo- John's a new manager. Uh, I don't think anybody called him a superpower yet. Um, but the rest of the league, you know, we're seeing. Uh, I guess it'd be nice to see Eric be a little more competitive. It's only been a uh, one appearance in the last six seasons in the playoffs. Besides that, everybody's uh, everybody's getting in there. I think, uh, yeah. I mean, maybe you can see Garrett do it a little more often, but he's competitive when he's there. So it's a good thing Andrew won his title uh, three years ago because. He's uh, missed the playoffs four out of five times now, so he's in a bit of a down period. But 
Is the, is it is it baby baby fever uh, affecting the, the roster? I don't yeah. think so. He's making a lot of moves. He just has not had good players I mean, on his I, team. I, I can't imagine him making you that happy and making no. him to neglect fantasy. I mean, he hasn't really neglected his, his talent evaluation. Just been pretty shoddy. I think the last uh, two years. Maybe yeah. this season for sure. It was just a talent talent evaluation issue. I think. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Giving up Fox to uh, keep Chris Stapps or uh, I don't know. And, or, and or injured Old Depot and. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's kind of you're you're ignoring the warning signs. Yep. There's big injury red marks there, as we see in the playoffs. Health is a. Uh, Probably the biggest factor winning these sternums. Yep. Uh, but yeah, help of the league in a good place. Uh, we get fiery when a good trade happens, or by good I mean a crazy trade happens, which is good. People care. That's a, you know, Apathy is probably the biggest danger I yep. think, to any fantasy. I league. think the apathy is largely, largely gone. Um, you know, I think Wiser used to fuel that with like his con- little side conversations <laughs> with people, but I, I think I think that's kind of been cut out a little bit. So I think pe- people are mostly happy to be in the league and appreciative of what it is. So I think we're in a good place. Got a text thread starting to build up now. Maybe we can uh, keep that going throughout the year. Yeah, like well, Duran has been proposing this for like a I long time now, and he, he's always like, "Why don't we just have like a big thread?" Like he, he tried starting that uh, group me or something like that. So to Duran's credit, if you listen <laughs> right, to this, okay. he he did try uh, getting that going. So I again, yeah, I agree. Let's hope it maybe it'll maintain. All right, all right. Um, I guess we're pretty good about time already. Uh-huh. I'm trying to keep this moving. Yeah. Because uh, I'm getting hungry, too. Yes. Um, how did, did you enjoy your uh, the Dueling Pianos birthday spectacular? I had a great time. Thanks to everyone for coming out. Um, I, I didn't really send a text to everyone afterwards, but I had a great time, and you all made it special. Um, it, it, was, it was a blast. I don't know. We, we got the, uh, the hashtag EBTBBY on the sign permanently. That was impressive, yeah. I think everyone's heard about that now through, <laughs> through that text. Um, but, yeah, it was a great time, and, um, you know, Sam had a great time, I think. Andrew had a great time. Amy had a great time. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Grand success. I yeah. heard a lot of uh, high remarks afterwards. Um, I don't know, those pianists. I mean, you know, they are uh, they got a talent. That was great. We hung out on tour or something. Hung out at Trevere's afterwards for a little bit, so that was always just nice to get a yeah. little close cap. I was crashing a little bit at that point. Yeah. I was ready for you guys to get off my sleeping yeah. couch Yeah. at that point. Yeah. Uh, I Let's not play Mulan at the beginning of the night, guys. Let's... It's it's a Work night end, it? it's a night ender, like let me get drunk. I like to have my voice for a little longer, preferably, and then I, I you know I could barely take a phone call on Monday at work, so it's <laughs> it's, it's tough. And I'd like to have a little more consent in this process. I mean, both of us love Miley's "The Climb," and the, the fact that they didn't know that song that was the, the one downer <laughs> of the night. Ooh, yeah, that'd be dangerous. Apparently, Amy dropped like fifty bucks trying to get them to play it, and they finally gave like a twenty dollars twenty dollars back, and like we don't know the song. What? The yeah. Climb? Yeah, very strange. That's shocking. Yeah. So what, it was like the climb, and like didn't one of Yolanda's songs get rejected also? Yolanda's song actually, Yolanda requested anything ska, and they actually played it. So uh, well, was, they do a ska song. That was that was pretty cool. Yeah, but Yolanda also has to know there's like a ninety percent chance they're not going to play anything he requests. So yeah, it's also revenge for my birthday last year when he hijacked the, the uh, jukebox. At uh, whatever that bar, uh, what that bar? Uh, we went to a dub pub. Yeah. Dubliner. Dubliner. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good day drink. That was was also a house of camp. It's a little revenge for that. (laughs) I got you. I got you. And how's uh, how's the half marathon training going? Uh, it's been stalling a little bit since my birthday week. I've I've uh, just been like, it's been really hard to motivate myself to get outside and get running. I'll pick it back up this week and finish strong. I got two weeks to go. Yeah, so you're almost on taper season, yeah. So yeah, well, really it'll be kind of a reverse taper, but <laughs> I kind of need it anyway. My my body was starting to feel a little sore, so maybe uh, I'm, maybe I'll be healed up a little bit and get to go through the home stretch here. 
my, my, my wind and legs are pretty good beyond that. So like, ho- hopefully the wind doesn't go away too much. I should get it back within a week and I'll be fine to, to, to finish up strong. Wiser's picking up his training now. So, uh, our plan is to run together as long as we can that day and, and hope it as well. Yeah. Yeah, well, but he's, I mean, he's doing like, he's doing a lot more than a 13 miles. Uh, right? But his, so, his training hasn't been, been there that, like, he's been mostly on treadmills, and so he hasn't been training for, like, the ultra as strongly yet, so. I would imagine he's got enough stamina that it probably won't make much of a difference. Yeah. All right. Well, that'd be fun. See who, uh, see who, like, who do you think the favorite is to take that race home? Are you guys just running together? We're just running see together, and we'll see, finish, and right? see what, we'll see what happens. Right. He thinks I'm going to beat him, but I'm like, I doubt it, so uh, we'll see what happens. All right, all right. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, following the results. Maybe I'll sign up for the text alerts online. All right. Sounds good. Um, but all right. I'm pretty hungry. So Me too. I'm probably going to have a big tummy ache after eating too much. All right. You're going to hear back from us when we, uh, we're we going to McDonald's. So uh... I imagine the background noise is going to be a little different. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Stay tuned. See you soon. All right. We're here at McDonald's. I'm going to try, by Ron's request, the uh, crispy chicken barbecue Bacon, Sorry, you know, still got smokehouse, whatever it is. Be, be proud of, be proud of podcasting. Ira is trying the cheesy bacon fries, and what what sandwich did you get? I got the, the mushroom mushroom Swiss burger. Mushroom Swiss burger. Both both these are the signature crafted recipes. Neither of us had any signature crafted recipes before. Yes, yeah, I just spent twelve dollars. It's pretty expensive. So uh, yeah, this is gonna come into league dues, everyone. <laughs> All right, Ira, try let's try the cheese fries first. Okay, let me get this shit, yeah. Well, we, we, we observed the, the, how the ingredients of the fries. The process was disgusting. They literally <laughs> took like a cheese gun and squirted it on top of regular fries. They this took the bacon, bacon bits out of a Tupperware and this is, sprinkled this is them fine on. fine dining. They even have fork and a knife. All right, Ira. You, you go in first. I'm a little afraid to. See, the problem is these need to be browner, just like off the bat. Like. So the, the actual fry is not. Yeah, the, the actual fry is not correct. That's gross. It's not that bad. It's, uh, I think I'm fine. It's very, it's, it's very, hot. it's very cheese whizzy. Yeah, you gotta be into that. It's not much different than a Wendy's cheese. Uh, but Iris had the, the baconator fries. Yeah, Wendy's had a nice dollar baconator fry deal for a while that I was taking advantage of. Uh, the bacon there is bigger bit, bigger bits. Okay, which is nice, but. I don't know. Like, I, I want my cheese fries to look like a little more brown. These are like white potato. Oh, the, the actual fries are just in yes, yeah, I'm, I'm they, use a, they use the regular fries as a base, so it's no change. Yeah, I'm just surprised that they would do that. Yeah. Uh, we also waited a, what, quite a while just to get this food, so. Yeah, all right. On my chicken, I got a nice buttermilk chicken here. It's like some Swiss cheese. And that piece of chicken is like jumping off the burger it's, patty. It's pretty big. Uh, two pieces of bacon, some onion. Out, no way Paul finishes this. Just point out that right now. Some fried onion st- strings and like a barbecue sauce aioli. So let's see what we got here. Oh man, he's, he lost a lot of that right there in that first plate. That's good. Oh, this looks good too. Mm. Minus like fried onion peel, onion strings on it. Yeah, that's, that's a minus too. Pretty crunchy. Good. Worth, maybe worth the extra dollar or two. Worth, well, it tastes quality. It tastes like a higher quality, slightly. Sure, it's it's a higher quality, but it's still not worth paying like triple the amount that you could pay for like three hamburgers and like a large fry. The bacon tastes like real bacon. That's good. <laughs> I don't think mine has bacon on it. Okay. All right. Well, we're gonna enjoy this now. So 
everyone, thanks for listening. Yeah, it's the off season, so gotta gotta pack on the pounds, you know. All right, uh, talk to you all soon.